You're listening to episode 260 of the Major Issues Podcast. In it, we talk some rumors about Kang Dynasty, talk about The Flash, and review Battle of the Super Sons. The Major Issues Podcast starts right now. Hello everybody out there in comic book land, my name is George Serrano aka The Don and if you're listening to this, you could only be here for one reason, that's a brand new episode of the Major Issues Podcast, brought to you by ComicBookClick.com and as always, I am joined by the astonishing, the spectacular, the magnificent A-Rob the Marvel God, let them hear you. Yo, 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 what's good y'all, back again from the multiverse and man, I'm tired. <laughs> yes, yes. It, uh, I've never tired of bringing y'all news. <laughs> we are in the middle of the last month of this year. What the year has gone by in a flash. Um, <laughs> and yeah, oh dear. I hope that movie goes by in a flash. <laughs> uh, the year has seemingly come and gone, and so much has changed. I feel like in all of our lives, and um, I've it it's made time. Like I've lo- I've had time displacement. I feel like I didn't even realize we were in the middle of this. Uh, I was talking to a friend of mine who brought up Christmas, and I feel like I, I told them, I feel like I go from, like, obstacle to holiday to obstacle to holiday. It does feel like that. As, like, as we get older as adults, it's like, man. Like, I just remember it was just Independence Day, I think, in Halloween, and now it's almost Christmas. Where did the time go? Yes. Who has the time yes. stone? Who's this manipulating us? Exactly. <laughs> but. No matter what day of the week it is, no matter what uh, year it is, we are constantly here trying to provide the best and the latest and greatest to come to comic books and comic book media. And each and every week, A-Rob the Marvel God goes out into the multiverse to scour all of it for any information about the future that is Marvel, Marvel Comics, the MCU, and maybe some DC on occasion. And he's done just that. So, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, here is A-Rob the Marvel God with the news. Me, 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 me. No, I'm kidding, y'all. But <laughs> seriously, <laughs> we're going to keep it short and sweet today. It's just we got some leaks, some massive leaks. But, you know, grab those salt shakers right now. Grab them. Because we have some massive Avengers 5 Kang Dynasties plot leaks, y'all. Y'all ready for them? Because I I I'm kind of not. I'm not I'm not ready for this. I'm so not ready for this. So what you're saying is you have you potentially have some spoilers of what Avengers 5 could be. Oh yes. I'm glad you said it because I'm really bad about that. Yes, no. these are some potential <laughs> major spoiler sway, like. Potential. Oh. So, so, ladies and gentlemen, if, if you want to stay clear of any of that, just skip forward. We have a loaded episode today. I should say up front, the topic of the day will be tackling Battle of the Super Sons, an animated, the latest DC uh, animated film. But we're talking about Marvel right now, and we're going to get into some deep, dark weeds with uh, some of these stuff. Now, I've done this before where I have seen some spoilers for different films, Black Panther and stuff, and um, this is still super early. So much can change, but oh, it's yeah. always interesting thinking about where their direction is headed or where their mind's That's... headed as far as the direction for uh, all of this. But yeah, what do you got for me? Yeah. 
Like if the plot leaks for Avengers King Dynasty, man, like I said, these are insane. We have character listings, crazy new team-ups, more variants of our favorite characters, and six possible new super teams for the future of Marvel going forward, and perhaps the biggest leak, of course, the collapse of the multiverse. But we're going to get on that character listing first, man. Like this, this list, the amount of characters that's going to be in this movie, I see where the hype is that Kevin is building just billing all and phoning all the people and actors who played these characters in past Marvel movies even before the MCU. So you ready for this list, man? I'm ready, baby. What you got? Y'all ready? Y'all ready, man? Because it's crazy. Like, first off, we have Anthony Mackie's Captain America, Tom Hiddleston's Loki, Sylvie, Paul Rudd's Ant-Man, Evangeline Ryan Reynolds' Depp, and they will all have leading experiences with Kang and the multi what do you what do you what are your thoughts on that so yeah this is one of the things I feel like um was going around there's a there's a theory that we're instead of having straight up Avengers we're, we're almost gonna have like how we had an endgame where we had couplings of heroes going off in different directions um, yeah like to, a war Endgame or Infinity War, yeah, Infinity War too. But I guess I'm my Endgame in the sense of like um, War Machine and Nebula doing one thing. Oh, uh, the, Cap, the time heist. Yeah, time heist, and them going in different directions. So I heard rumors that there's going to be these fractured teams, kind of um, makeshift teams, put together to sort of um defend against because one of the other things I heard about is that they're not just fighting gang. I heard that there's we could be possibly seeing Rama Tut. Yeah, I heard oh, yeah. you know, um, um, you know, possibly even Iron Lad, and the big rumor is that these different subsets of heroes will be tackling different versions of Kang, um, ultimately to build up to the the biggest one, the biggest version. Um, okay, I don't think. Oh, I don't. Should I be doing the news right now? It seems like you already got the time zone. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> I, I just think you know, in in all honesty, like it wouldn't take much for an evil version of me to convince me to be on the team if he's like, bro, we run this and they're trying to stop it. Like if it wasn't for them, we would be running this whole thing. So like I'm already there. What does it take for you to get on board? You know I'd be like, yeah, I well, should say that. <laughs> I mean, it is me. So like, who would you trust? It's <laughs> not yourself, <laughs> right? One hundred percent. So. I would love to see Jonathan Majors playing different versions of this character. Um, and you already alluded to one of those teams. They seem really magic-based um, there. But, yeah, I've been hearing about a, a possible team with, like, I think it was Daredevil and Spider-Man. Um, oh, yeah, man. Oh, wait, wait, wait till we oh, hear the rest of this list because you, you yes. you're, you're already here. So, matter of fact, I'm just going to run through this entire list. We ain't stopping, y'all. We ain't stopping. So, let's just get it. Next up, we have Captain Brie Larson's Captain Marvel, Shang-Chi, Wongers, <laughs> Bruce Banner's Professor Hulk, uh, Kate Bishop bringing Clint Barton's Hawkeye out of retirement, Tom Holland alongside, like, well, Tom Holland Spider-Man alongside of Charlie Cox's Daredevil, Doctor Strange, Clea, America Chavez, Kang with his variants as Ramata, Kang Prime, Immortus, and Iron Lad. Also, another cameo from Steve Rogers, Miss Marvel, Thor. Get Playing a role too with the leader rights Black Panther also playing a key role in the movie, but it ain't stopping y'all, y'all. It ain't stopping. We ain't done. We ain't done. We also got Oscar Isaac's Moon Knight, Mahershala Ali's Blade, Elizabeth Olsen's Wanda, Jack Russell's Werewolf by Night, 
<laughs> War Machine, Ironheart, Rescue, Harley King as Iron Lad in a hey. small cameo from Nova. That feels like the last thing they haven't tied in, right? Hardly. Right, just 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 he's such a leftover thing from Iron Man that we all <laughs> kind of know. Like, um, did he go to MIT? Did he did he get written into Tony's will? Like, what happened to him? <laughs> Would so the big thing is, and this is a uh, you know, I'm not envious of the person who has this task. Endgame <laughs> was huge. Endgame was huge, and Endgame and, and the one-two punch of Endgame and Infinity War changed the game when it came to these kind of films and you got to oh, yeah. think that they they're they're trying to innovate and give us the same level of scope without doing the same story with how mm-hmm. this is coming out to you with this this rumor and these lineups what do you think does it get you excited does it feel like too much what, what do you how do you see this i well like you said earlier a lot of things can change like especially how early on we're getting so many of these plot leaks so you know, it on paper looking at it, a lot of this can happen. You know, Kane wants what what he wants, and we need Avengers to stop him. How they go about it, that's up to them. But with everything that's been going on in Phase Four, I can see some of these heroes being folded into the silver screen. You know, giving more screen time. But I also can see some of these heroes doing certain tasks or objectives to a smaller capacity. Maybe filling in the blanks in a sideshow or something. You know, and then yeah. bringing them to the you know. Big screen in Secret Wars. Because, you know, some of these characters are supposed to be in shows that lead up to that. You know, Ironheart, you know, uh, what else is supposed to be coming now that leads up to uh, Secret Wars? Maybe uh, Young Avengers, um, you know, yeah. Armor Wars, uh, you know. Fantastic NWO, Four, some, somewhere Fantastic down the line. You know, yeah. so it's like, you know, some of these projects coming out before we get the Kang Dynasty maybe would set up that rope, that the, the stepping stones for Kang. You know, because we got him in one, we got a little bit of a Loki. We get him in Quantumania. Next, we're gonna see him is when after Quantumania until okay, Dynasty. You know, <laughs> I'm not sure, but I'm also thinking about like the clear of it all. Like, what's that about? Like, are we not? Are we going to um like is Strange getting a movie in between now and then? I thought they were off to go to Dormammu and figure out what's going on over there. Maybe in the dark dimension, they find out that things are going crazy because of something Kang's been up to. Or something, right. but oh, something's yeah. gonna have to lead them back to us <laughs> and not the dark dimension direction that they were seemingly going in before. Right. Um, because they, they did mention the word incursion twice in Multiverse of Madness. One from yes. the very Mr. Fantastic and from Claire herself. Because I'm wondering as you say that, is the do all universes share like a like a door to the dark dimension? Like does the does the multiverse all share just one dark dimension? Like is this only one dark dimension? That's and interesting, yeah. Any no, universe I, can access it? I dig I dig that question because in all honesty, they've been getting pretty damn lenient with the definitions <laughs> of realms and dimensions Man. and universes, universes and timelines. <laughs> <Yeah>. Oh <laughs> my, put shirt. All of that. <laughs> I'm t- all of that. And I'm just like, it's a lot. It's a lot to try to uh, keep in. But I, it would be cool if, across the universe the dark dimension is the same place regardless of where you enter or exit it that would be pretty cool um you know what i think it is because that was darmamu's whole mo he conquered whole universes and that strange went to the same place that um was going after the book in the same place that eventually our steven was able to go 
seemingly the they were all Johnson? headed to yeah seemingly they were all headed yeah. to the same place so that's interesting as well so like when oh man with all these with basically with this entire cast and i do believe like this cast is subject to change they might entirely just change this whole thing and just entirely give us a new Avengers like roster. They might even bring back uh, Iron Man as a variant of himself with the whole multiverse being a whole thing. Because, and, and the, the fans have spoken, we want to see a variant. <laughs> I'm trying so hard to say Tom Cruise. Everyone see Tom Cruise as <laughs> superior Iron Man. I'm trying to say, but like we, people want more Tony Stark. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. the only way to do it is just bring him on Kang Dynasty. Maybe he works for like you know Kang. As an evil Avenger, helping him conquer universes. You know, I'm not against it. Well, what about you? <laughs> I, I'm not against it either. And like I said, I, I honestly believe that this, everything before Secret Wars is kind of like for fun. It, I know it sounds weird because we're yes. dealing with like a very murderous Honestly. time travel man. Right. But, <laughs> but I do think, and, and, you know, this kind of leads into one of the things we were talking about off air. This idea that it's also been hinted that Deadpool 3 might be Deadpool kills the Fox universe, which right. was oh, what yeah. something that we joked about on this very podcast saying like, oh my God, what if they use him to close the door on all that stuff? So yeah, man, I'm, I'm down to see all of like, I'm, I'm down to see those who were already casted for Marvel stuff and, and whether or not those projects came out good or bad i would love to see them in this and then those um who were always rumored like guys like tom cruise like i would love to see how that would look and the thing is a lot of people it's one of those things where people's um spider sense keeping in line <laughs> with marvel might be might not pick up on the tom cruise of it all because everyone got hyped up for multiverse of madness you know and when it didn't happen multiverse so of madness, yeah when, and to be honest they did nothing to tell us that it was going to happen we kind of took that upon ourselves, didn't we? Right. Yeah, yeah, they no, never, they yeah never, no, we did. It's they never promised of madness, it. And it was like, there wasn't much multiverse of it. Well, it was just, you know, the madness of it all, you know? We put Definitely. that much hype on it. Yeah. And yeah, so, you know, I do think that they pay attention to all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, they made it a point. Like, I'd love that they made it a point across the um, internet to tell people that Doom wasn't going to be in Black Panther 2. Oh yeah, like, definitely. Again, something they never promised, but they were like, "By the way, <laughs> don't go in with this expectation because right. you made it <laughs> up." And, and <laughs> now they said that, and of course, because of us, the YouTuber, the content community, like the content yes. community, because it was like, "Oh, it's Atlantis or Telecom versus like you know Wakanda." Oh, if Vibranium being it, oh Doom War, everyone was talking about Doom War's inspiration. Was, yeah, you know, it was like no. Doom War's not in this. Everyone calm now. I feel like they had to put that PR fire out before it like really just engulfed for real. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And so um, because I do think that people might... Like, what does that trailer even look like? I would love to see... Like, even the trailers we're getting now, you know, we just... Um, the Guardians trailer just dropped last week, right? And it's yeah. like, it shows so much, but not enough. Like, and, and we're getting to that point now where they know how meticulously we go through these trailers and you know these trailers oh, yeah. often hit like millions of views and i wouldn't be surprised if it hit those views because we are um we're watching them 10 to 20 times <laughs> each you know putting them on all channels <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. Definitely. Looking, looking for stuff um so 
I I think that they are going to use our knowledge and our um enthusiasm against us. I wanted to ask you, there's a rumor going around that's seemingly completely unfounded that oh, says really? yeah, that says something when I say unfounded, I mean there's no there's no proof. But there's been a rumor going around with Marvel that um the powers that be have taken notice to the criticisms against this latest phase and yes, that yes, yes and that it will now be uh more quality over quantity so do you think this rumor holds any weight do you think they really have realized that there might be an issue with the way that they've been handling things um my the thing that tells me that it's not true is i don't see disney admitting that they put quantity over quality right i don't think they did right, and even if they did, I don't think they would then admit, okay, no, we're going to go back to making them good. That doesn't seem like a thing. But Bob Iger was brought in, you know. This is true. To do well, something. He did leave for a reason. He did come back for a reason. Right. And it, and they, it's, they're not blind. Kevin, Kevin, David Filoni, like these executive producers, they're not blind over that Disney, Marvel, Star Wars. They they see the criticism, they see the backlash, they see the they see the Rotten Tomato reviews. They see them for the yeah. most part. <laughs> but and but you know they do have a grand vision. They do look at the past. They do look. They do look at what they're doing now. And they do look look at what they're going to do in the future. Right. And like you said, I don't. They're not going to admit that what they did was bad or shoddy or <laughs> low in quality because right. not everything was made for everyone. Certain things were made for certain people because if you ask certain people uh, about a certain project, they will think they will tell you that it was the best thing for to them because guess what? It was made for them. That product that they put out was made for them. Yeah. May not be made for you, but you can still enjoy it, but it's not always about you people, I, I, I love I love these points that you're bringing up because, to be honest, I, I was going to say the same exact thing, which then argues the question: Can you take everyone with you everywhere you're going to go? And unfortunately, no. Some people like outgrow certain things. For what's, what's the lack of better word? Sometimes you have to put the toys away in the toy chest. Some people like fall off the MCU. Some people grab onto the MCU like right out of Infinity War Endgame and then start from there, then go back. You know, yes. Yeah. Some things are not made for everyone, but Disney and Marvel will keep going forward. And they, they did. They have taken their critiques. They have read their notes. They have looked at the board. And they have gone back. And they, do, they did realize that certain things, because the community has pointed out, not even just trolls, just actual people that just review their products, you know, some things could have been better. Some things were rushed. And I'm not going to put it all on them. COVID did play a huge huge like math do a huge massive wrench in the cog that is disney marvel yeah they have to reshuffle a lot did. of things like like six to seven projects have to get redone entirely like yeah. so there's like a precedence for there so i will say you know quality over quality and i think we talked about this before on a, on a podcast on like like last week so the weeks before but you know they're gonna take their time with blade with blade being their example they're gonna take their time because they know they want to put out a good product. They want to make sure all the stones are in place. They want to make sure yeah. before they start this thing, they want to have the writing, the the, the actors, everything to set in stone. Because they yeah. know. They know they want to put out quality. Not just to pump something out to appease us. That's not, there's enough quality and there's enough stuff out here to appease us. And looking at the roadmap, we ain't running out of no content anytime soon. So I will gladly wait for something good 
versus just getting it just to get it out there, just to appease me, and then I'll be upset. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know? Yeah, because this is a, a delicate thing that they're doing. This is not... And I'm not here to, I'm not making fun of you, DC, but I'm saying like DC <laughs> kind of has a fresh slate. I, I, obviously, the amount of people that are going to watch their regular stuff isn't enough. So they can, they can, if they wanted to wipe the whole slate clean and start all over again, they could reintroduce whoever the hell they want to introduce. This universe has already done so much. We're past 30 films at this point Ooh. that they have to do, they have to reinvent and they also have to reinvent these films because, yes, the people are out there getting fatigue. I'm not. I, but I almost, almost, I almost question if I ever could. You know, they can't judge it on me because I will never. <laughs> I'll never. Right. Not, you know, in order for me to get fatigue from Marvel, it would be like the, the amount of movies that exist and themes that exist in movies. That's the same amount of content Marvel can produce. In and, comics, right? Because, I mean. <laughs> Look, they have over 50,000 characters, and each one of them probably can, you know, help their own show or movie for, for depending on the writing. Yeah. <laughs> Throw yeah. a theme on there, and then it's boom. There you go. Here's a product for whoever. <laughs> right. No, 100%. And so when they're working at that full capacity, um, it makes me wonder, you know, who, like, uh, who you should listen to when things are going in. The direction that it's going in with the fan base um they, they trusting in themselves has gotten them this far right so i don't necessarily think that they shouldn't trust their gut but apparently somewhere down the line things have gone wrong to the point where they might have to restructure the way that they're going about things which is it's, it's interesting at the very least like i said i blame covid <laughs> <laughs> Nah, i'm mad at you for that i think i think that yeah i think that that threw a lot of uh wrenches in, into uh, things like yeah it, it really did honestly but um moving forward with the i think they do have a better roadmap now like because bob, bob Iger is back i'm, I'm just gonna say from hiatus <laughs> back now and like he, he took a very short vacation right honestly i believe he took a step away from it all just to like like look on from the outside in just to see what it feels like to be on the outside of marvel to look at the product that he helped make for 10 years to right. see where it's at and he probably didn't, and I don't want to say he probably didn't like where it was going, but he probably saw how the fans were per receiving uh, the product that they, you know, produced for the past 10 years. And, you know, for the next 10 years going forward, it's not starting off the way it started off in 2008. You know, they, they look at that. They, they track that, that, you know, here's the first 10 years of Marvel. Now we got to look at the next 10 years, how we started off versus the first 10 years. Okay, we got to, all right, it's not matching up. Let's be out. We got to do something. We got to do something. Damn control. <laughs> you know, like it's the first two years into the new phase, the first two years in the of Marvel phase one, you know, it started off slow, but they, how many projects came out? It was like Iron Man, Iron Man 2, Captain America, Hulk. It was like four or five things came out in a two year time span. And a two year time span of this, it was like what, 23, 17 to 23 different projects came out. Yeah. Do, do you think at all this phase was hurt by not having like an Avengers level film? I did feel that at the beginning, because this this literally was the first phase where we're not getting an Avengers, like a big team up movie. And honestly, that kind of did hurt it for the most part, because it was just, you know, this phase was really like a, as a phase for introducing new characters for us to love and grow with, introducing new properties, introducing new stories. And 
And yeah, the biggest thing that was missed, um, some post-Endgame snap, you know, Avengers crisis. We got a little bit of it in Falcon Winter Soldier, but not enough. And an Avengers movie would have helped that. You know, Bro, I, I can go off on that all day because um, one of my favorite shows uh, that I watched that sort of helped me deal with grief was this show called The Leftovers and oh, The Leftovers. Uh, bro, I love it. It's only three seasons. I think 30 episodes tops. But the plot of The Leftovers is that 2% of the Earth's population randomly just disappears just off the face of the Earth. They wow. use all the they use all the high powered scientists that they can to try to figure out what happened, and everyone comes up blank. So what ends up happening is people start to come up with their own reasons for it, and it kind of shows you how us as humans need logic to tie to things. Because if bad right. things happen for absolutely no reason, then they can happen all the time. A human's first response to a negative event is how can I prevent this from happening again? And sometimes our reaction is to close off everything, right? Yeah. <laughs> close off absolutely everything. That that will ensure us that nothing will happen again. And so you deal with these humans as they go through the motions of are they ever coming back? Should I leave, should I live my life like they're never coming back? Does that honor them or does that you know, does that take away from them? Um this religion have to do with this you know were the people who were taken better than us or were they taken because they were worse than us you know and and, and how and how people puppeteers politics how people pull each other's strings to say oh no yeah totally matter of fact join our cult we're all about like getting being being better at this it's it's so it's so interesting so when this happened with the blip i was like yo they have an opportunity to really delve into what what that's like for the world, and in my opinion, them kind of jumping over it was kind of weak. I think that that was kind of weak. I, um, we dealt with some of the stuff with flag smashers, right? Right. I'd argue, um, far from home made a joke of it, like straight up made a joke of of people disappearing, reappearing, being oh, older. Yeah, the blip and then like it was coming back as well, and the like the team came back in. Yeah, they right. did like a joke of that because like <laughs> Endgame started up about dark and broody and there's bolts around the Statue of Liberty. It was depressing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and how do you go on with that without answers and without an ability to prevent it from happening again? So that to me was probably one of the biggest missteps of phase four, but I guess you one could it argue is. that the the trauma that was created through Infinity War is ended by Endgame. But I I, I think not exploring that time in between, um, not exploring who would have taken advantage of the earth in that time, I feel like was, was, was an odd opportunity. And then to jump forward to 2025 and kind of, you know, up, oh, we're about done with, with that whole thing. Blip's gone. Right. Is if he's talking on, just everything in reference to it gone, done so. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a bit like, yeah. and you'll hear like Shang-Chi, I think at one point mentions the blip and Eternals mentioned the blip. You know, why did right. we stop Thanos? Because, you know, yada, yada, yada. But um, there should have been more for that. Like this should have started causing the distrust that we should be seeing that will then allow for a scroll invasion. Like th- this should start the distrust mm. that, w- that should allow for a government sanctioned Avengers. Cause guess what? We left things up to you guys and half, of us, half of us got smoked and yeah, five <laughs> years later, y'all fixed it, but we lost five years. 
you know so what does any of this mean um and that kind of distrust should create characters like madam hydra should create the thunderbolts should create the dark avengers um should cause a hayward <laughs> right and then and then in turn create a brand new set of avengers that now has to you know um show the world that they're trustworthy that they are here for the betterment of mankind etc and so forth so yeah skipping over that major thing feels a bit odd but they they seem fully intent on going forward with that with the kang of it all um and there's a lot to do there but i can't help but feel like they're gonna kind of try to rush past him to get to doom so it's like uh Ooh, the disrespect right <laughs> the disrespect uh, think about it kang dynasty isn't the main event on the marquee secret wars is right this is really just the infinity war to the end game of that yeah it, and, but, what, yeah. and one could argue they rushed past Ultron. Oh yeah, it, the age of Ultron was no. It was more like a week, uh, a weekend at weekend at Ultron. Weekend at Ultron. Did you hear <laughs> about that rumor that his AI might still be out and about, alive yes, in the yes, MCU? Yes. You're all right. You sure you got a time stone in your pocket, man? You sure <laughs> I, you got a time stone? I'm just, I'm just, I'm just saying. Like, I feel like, I feel like in that sense, like I wanted a more stoic Ultron. What oh, a yeah, the, um, the Earth's Mightiest um, Heroes, Ultron, like that. The just robotic, the mouth? Yes, just all the glowing eyes. Like, just, just cold, stoic, just mm, Terminator. calculating. Yeah, kind of, yeah. yeah, basically. The Terminator. And, like, he's, like, having jokes, and he's, you know, that's how you make an omelet, and all this other kind of stuff. And I'm like, uh, I'm like, I love James Spader, but this feels like an odd characterization for this character to to combat the very passionate, emotional, and sometimes funny Avengers. There should have been a stoic, cold, uh, lives mean nothing to me. Ultron. Um, we saw Ultron, well, Ultimate Ultron, Prime Ultron, or whatever from oh, yeah, Ultron Prime. From like, he was interesting as a character, but like he was modeled off of. Tony, remember he bisected Thanos. Seen, <laughs> gone, done. I was like, man, you know, like that level of coldness. So I, I'd like for him to come back. Um, if if any of that's true, it would be cool if Doom has an army of Ultron bots, or maybe a Doom Ultron bot, you know, amalgamation of sorts. Um, those true, Ultrons cause... were green in 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 a uh, in Multiverse of Madness. You know, they were. Uh, and there was still leftover Ultron tech from the uh, botched uh, heist from, um, right. uh, what was it, Homecoming? 100%. Yeah. And there's uh, we saw that Reed Richards was using Doom's time door. So Doom's tech is in the multiverse, seemingly out and about. So, um, yeah, want to see how all these things uh, come together. And I, I, but like I said, I still believe that they have the ability to make all these things matter. Um, it's just I'm, there's the little bit of concern that I do have is I want to see they've ne they've never been really great at their villains. <laughs> they've never been really great at, at their villains. Their best villains are antiheroes, you know, like Loki, which is, which is which is which is in my opinion as it should be. Yeah, yeah it, that's fair. Heroes are defined by their villains, and you need a great villain to be a great hero. And. And on that note, like, you know, and if your villain becomes an anti-hero or anti-villain, that just makes you as a hero better. You know, yeah. like, just comparison if by the stories that can be told from those different perspectives or angles. Like, right. from when, from, like, when Venom was Spider-Man's, like, 
antagonist for the longest. He went from eating his brain, wanting to eat Peter Parker's <laughs> brains, joining the Guardians <laughs> of the Galaxy, to basically saving the Earth, the universe, from their god. No, like, yeah. that's a hell of a character, like, progression. You know? Yeah, that, that can't be understated. You know, those are cho- seeing them make those choices to Loki. You know, he bought them some time by trying to kill Thanos. He didn't have to. He probably could have stuck and to. been hanging with them, you know? <laughs> he could have what his variant did, just classic illusion, you yeah. know? Because he, he, he did that in the first Thor movie. He just threw an illusion, ice giant, went for it, and went off the cliff. 100%. <laughs> so, so, yeah, we can, we, we're, we're seeing people almost redefine what these, and the longer we go, right, the, the more chances we have of some of these heroes switching sides, some of these villains switching sides. I mean, we had Wanda switch over, you know? Right. So it's I like, it. <laughs> yeah, and, and that's why you make a compelling villain, but they're really good at making a compelling villain than killing them in the first film. And then we, you know, I, I've always wanted the Marvel team up at the same level, but with villains, you know, whether mm. it's um, the Masters of wanting, Evil. Is it the I Masters wanted, of Evil? Yep, I've been wanting the Masters of Evil ever since they announced Zemo was going to be the antagonist in Civil War. Ever since they announced Zemo, I'm like, oh, <laughs> Masters of the Evils are coming. They're coming. And then when like Scourge was gonna be in Ragnarok, I was like, oh, okay, so he okay. Justin Hammer's still alive, okay. Red Skull's coming back, okay. Doom's game, okay. It's 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 here. Just bring it together. The Thunderbolts are here, the Masters of the Evil can come too. Like there's so many villains that haven't been introduced that can be on the Masters of Evil, like the Living Laser, uh the Crimson Dynamo, like uh, it, it would else? be cool. It would be cool if they the could find a way. I was, about to, I was just about to say, it could be cool if they could find a way in their very convoluted way of, you know, multiverse to make, like, Sylvie, like a, like, an, or an alternate Ooh. Sylvie be Enchantress. Because I was just thinking right now, like, what are the odds they introduce her? I think that it's low only because of the name. The name, people will think, they'll get the market confused and think of Suicide Squad when they hear Enchantress. <laughs> Evil Enchantress. Right. Uh, they're gonna think of that. So, in my opinion, they would just give her a name. But if they're gonna give oh, her a name, then why don't call they call her Amora? They call yeah. her, her her actual. Ah, I can see that. See, Amora. I can see that. I can see that. Oh, I Amora can see Amora and Hercules working together. You know, Hercules still out there, out and about. He got to become a heel before he becomes a baby face. Right, right, right. You know, we got Periodic Century. A lot of strong godlike characters coming. Yeah. As you yep. say that, man, but. Oh, <laughs> She don't on uh, on on King Dynasty. It's just it's just it's just a little bit. It's a lot left, but like <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't no, know, I man. You. I feel you. Yeah, it is. It, it is a lot. I feel like um one of the other big things that's been going on is they they're still seemingly going full steam ahead with the Flash. That's oh, yeah. still seemingly happening. Some posters dropped uh this past week. Um, the um, seemingly multiversal and time travel implications of that film. Reboot, Wh- whatever. Reboot, yes, whatever reboot happens, they're just going to get to Grand Gustin at the end of it. And then I was thinking of something because a poster had came out with two Barrys on it. And um, we've always Ooh. known that there's two Barrys in this film. We've always known that, that Ezra Miller is going to be playing two versions of Barry Allen in this right. film. Um what are the odds that DC is so lazy that they would make the other Barry the reverse Flash? Wow, wow, wow. You know what? As you say that... 
You know what? That would make sense because it's Flashpoint. So yeah, why? Yeah, I feel like that'd be the easiest thing for them to do, and they just do it, even though. He's not Eobard. He's not our boy. They'll just be like, well, there's there's a Flash, and then the evil one is the reverse Flash. So now they got to fight each other. And, you know, maybe they kill each other, and then Grant is born. Grant Gustin <laughs> is born out of the out of the implications. And he's like, what's up, Gordon? What's going on, Bruce? What's, what's, what's going on, <laughs> What's going on, Bruce? <laughs> what, yeah. if, what if the reason why Ezra Miller has been acting crazy was all because of marketing for him to play reverse Flash <laughs> in the Flash movie? <laughs> He went super method, bro. That's what it was. He heard from Christian Bale. <laughs> what you need to do, go is insane. Go shit for six months. <laughs> yes, go, go bloody insane. Is what you need to do. <laughs> you ever seen that video of Christian Bale yelling at the people? He was on set for like Terminator, and some guy like walks past his eye line while he's actively acting in a scene, and he's flips out for like 10 minutes basically curses them out it's a clip on youtube and every time i think of christian bale i always think of that like that's the level of acting he's at all the time like he's like you better not be in my was real yeah yeah oh you heard that like yeah yeah, like that actually like that was the part of the movie like that was no no no, that was real yeah (laughs) he was a stuck in character still no he was flipping out bro he was i'm a a bloody actor (laughs) stepping in my eye line Good for you. Oh, you're doing your job. Good for you. <laughs> oh, that's what I brought. Yeah, yeah. Good for you. Good for you. Yeah, that was that, that was. Bro, that was from there. So yeah, man. If he if he spoke to Ezra for even a second, I'm scared of what what uh, <laughs> what advice Mr. Miller might have taken. So they're still going forward. Uh, full steam ahead of that. I I saw something where um uh what's his face uh James Gunn said that um they're still moving forward with like he wants the dcu their animated stuff and their video games to all be connected yeah i heard that yeah and the top of uh carrying rumors of Karen gillen coming over for the next suicide squatters in general it's a dcu yeah so I've i heard was, that. i was talking to a friend of mine i'm like it's it's a it's a draft he's gonna oh, yeah. grab them all oh yeah he's, he's gonna, gonna grab as many as he can guardians. And, and you know they are like literally from 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 what's this? I cannot pronounce this man's name. He played Chris the Pratt? Wizard of Shazam. He oh, played uh, Korat. Demon Hansu. Demon Hansu from Demon Hansu to Rat Girl to Mantis to 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 uh, I don't know who was the no, leader of the, in, the Star uh, Jammers or Mike, the Nova Michael Rooker. He brought in Michael Rooker. Michael Rooker, uh, Glenn um, Close, like everyone, everyone. Oh, yeah, I forgot he's coming over. Yeah, I forgot he had Glenn Close. Like, yeah, Sean, coming Sean Gunn over. plays Weasel, so he's, you know, he's playing Rocket yeah. on one side and Weasel on the other. Like um, two checks. <laughs> just, just the one thing, and obviously, you know, he's so big that he probably doesn't need the role or a role in DC, but, you know, Gunn, hey, come here. Come closer. Chris <laughs> Pratt, Chris Pratt, Booster Gold. Get that. Oh, do that. My. What God, I've never heard something that I never wanted so much until I heard it. Chris Pratt as Booster Gold? Yeah, I think that works. Casting. That I was, totally think that works. I, if not him, Ryan Reynolds. But, no, Ryan yeah, Reynolds I mean, I think Ryan Reynolds is the, is the best choice. But I feel like, like Ryan Reynolds has played Ryan Reynolds in too many roles. So he might need, <laughs> he might need uh, Chris to, uh, to, to do that. Yeah, and so, like, 
there's a lot of room. There's a lot of talented people on Guardians. We've already talked about Bane, possibly. You know, Dave Bautista. He seemed interested in that, so he could possibly come over for that. So, Gunn, Gun, I wonder if he's going to be the one to be like, you know, whispering, "Hey, hey, guys, you know, they're, they're offering a lot of money over there hey. on that end." Oh, side note, I love that DC has given careers to wrestlers, showing that they can act. Like, yeah. yo, like, You're right. Like uh, The Rock, John Cena, Batista, like, yo, funny guys, great actors. Like, what? If they I can if they can get um Batista, they would have all three, Rock, Batista, and uh, Oh, he's coming. Cena. He's coming. Yeah. I have no doubt in my mind he's playing Bane. He has to play Bane, the the, the original. Oh, I broke the man. Now I break the bat. Like, right. I right. need that. I need Lucha Dorne Bane from south of the border, you know, with yeah. the venom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I would like to see him in his actual Lucha Dorne mask. Um, but, but the last thing I wanted to talk about is um, there's seeming uh, another movie they're going forward with on the DC side of things is Blue Beetle. Oh, and yes. That poster, beautiful. Yeah, it is. Beautiful. Yeah. Hopefully the movie, the movie looks just as I, I feel like it's gonna look like a Transformers kind of like Terminator kind of Power Rangers vibe to it. <laughs> I feel like we had um well, like live action Beetleborgs, if anyone remembers that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I feel like we had a, a sneak peek at the suit. And I, I like the suit. Oh, I like how the suit it, looks. Dude, DC is there for the comic accuracy. They are here for the comic accuracy. Yeah. Like, it, it looks just like the suit from um, Sometimes. Justice. Sometimes, uh, yeah, if sometimes. you're not Dwayne Johnson, you can you can be as accurate as you. <laughs> the, the hierarchy of the DC. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, the hierarchy of uh, comic book accuracy is about to change, apparently. So there, there's all of that. <laughs> but I'd be remiss if I did not thank a Rob the Marvel God for bringing us the news. <laughs> So, Batman and Superman Battle of the Super Sons is a 2012 American animated direct-to-video superhero film produced by Warner Brothers Animation. It is the 49th installment in DC Universe's animated uh, original movies and is the first fully CGI animated film from DC. The film was written by Jeremy Adams and directed by Matt Peters and stars Jack Dylan Grazier. And Jack Griffo as John Kent and Damian Wayne, respectively. Um, before we get into the minutia of the spoilers, what did you think of this spoiler-free? Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed this nice, wholesome story of Bats and Superman and their kids. <laughs> A new adventure for them. Well, new to me, honestly. And um, the animation? Amazing. Was not expecting this fully CGI like movie out of DC. I enjoyed it. It kind of felt like um, Batman Ninja, but not really. Like in terms right. of that animation style, but yeah. it opens the door for like different storytelling, and I love it. I love it, and, I, and it was a great movie. And just in general, the characters, the voice acting, the pacing, the uh, man, the twist, even some twists. Yeah, I was about to say even some twists. <laughs> I'm just like, whoa, they went there? All right, well. Right? <laughs> but all in yeah. all, it was a great movie. Like, it, the reviews that it got online lived up to it. Like, it deserved all the praise it got on Rotten Tomatoes. I enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah, I super enjoyed it, too. Um, most that know me know I have a super uh, soft spot for both 
Damian Wayne and John Kent because when I got into comics, when I decided I actually wanted to go issue by issue, I was introduced to both of them. Um, uh, Damian Wayne, I always, I always just dug a a Robin that's gonna call Batman out. Like he was always the one that's always gonna be like, "Yo, what are you doing?" Like and. Um, just his attitude and Bruce having to deal with another Bruce. I always thought it was <laughs> super interesting in their dynamic. And then in um, with Jonathan, man, the way he was portrayed in comics, he's like, he's apple pie. He's as wholesome and has, you know, um, yes. and as oh, like wide-eyed for adventure. And so the sons become polar opposites the same way that their fathers did, but they get to retell that story. Uh, quite often, they find themselves having to reintroduce Batman and Superman and have to go, oh, we're going to fight first, and then we're not. Okay, now we can do it with a whole other generation. Um, sadly, in the comics, uh, you know, these two meet, and they have a pretty funny meet meet up where I think Damien at one point has him, like, strapped to an uh, operating table because he's about to see, like, what's up with his physiology <laughs> and stuff because he doesn't play any of that. Um, but ultimately, in the comics, through Brian Michael Bendis, and I'm calling your ass out, they ended up aging up John. John at one point, uh, we find out Jarrell's still alive. And John at one point goes with him on a spaceship. And when he comes back, he's 19 years old. So we Time lose. Dilation. Yeah, we <laughs> lose all of the wholesome, like, beginning steps of kind of figuring this out. He ends up being so old, he ages out of being friends with Damien in a way. Right, because Damien never he didn't get the time dilation. So I'm like, what did you guys do to my super son? So <laughs> going back to this and watching this, I was reminded why I like that team so much. And an, another thing is you use the word wholesome. There's so much wholesomeness in DC Comics. There's a lot. They just choose not to showcase it. So I already knew going into this that this was going to be a bit um have a bit more heart than some of their other stuff. Definitely felt the heart um, in this story. Definitely. No, nothing in this felt cliche and things that you felt like were going to lead in certain directions lead there for good reason. Um, and there's, like I said, there's certain parts where I found myself cracking up because I didn't realize that they were going to go that way or that that was going to happen. Um, but so yeah, I, alongside you, I recommend people watch it. If you haven't watched it, we're going to go in full spoilers. Um, so watch it and uh, pause it, pause the podcast, go watch it and come back as we talk about this uh, film. But our story kicks off with a very familiar scene of the destruction of Krypton. In a scene as old as the hero himself, we see Jor-El and Laura tearfully bid their son goodbye before sending him off into the universe on his own spacecraft, saving him from being a casualty of Krypton. This time something is different. We see a Starro attach themselves to Kal-El's spacecraft as he is jettisoned into space. So I was like, that can't be good. Um... What do you think of Superman's origin <laughs> in general? What do you think about, about, about sending the baby off uh, for safety? Did you ever Man. think that? How do you feel about that as part of his origin? If I have to watch this planet explode for the umpteenth time. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, it, classic telling of his origin. Um, would I send my child baby off into space to save them from my doom planet? Um, if I could, yes. Yeah. I'll do it every time. Any right. parent would sacrifice any and all things for their child, and I'm right there with them. I'll and do I, it. Um, and I, I guess, yeah, I'm, in the Earth, some, I yeah. don't know. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's what happened to Kakarot. Um, <laughs> so I, I feel like it. That story sets the table, right? The idea that his family would not think of themselves, 
but think of him as one of the first major events in his life kind of sets him on the path where he doesn't think of himself and he thinks of others uh, moving forward. And yep. then in scenes that possibly they should have been reviewing for Man of Steel, we see the montage of how a real Superman <laughs> uh, goes through things. Ma and Pa can't find him. They raise him <laughs> as Clark Kent. Clark figures out his powers, eventually moves to Metropolis after they both die. He becomes Superman. He befriends Batman, falls in love with Lois, and they have a kid. All of that's in a montage. We know that. I, they just I, I need all way. that in all future storytellings of characters I've been around for 50 plus years. Like this. Have you that. have you seen um Superman and Lois? Oh uh, yeah, I'm about to, I think we're in season two of it. Yeah, yeah. So in the first episode of Superman and Lois, they do something very similar. They do yeah. a montage of him landing, him being raised, him you know um them pass. Well, I think the dad passes away and um him moving to Metropolis and meeting Lois and then them getting married. Like we can get past the yada yada of the stuff we know. Same with Spider Man. I don't have to know that his we have, still haven't seen Uncle Ben get shot in the MCU. You know, we don't, well, we don't kind of have to a hundred percent. So I'm glad they went the montage route for this because I was starting to get worried when we had the elongated baby uh, scene yeah, that, we were, that we were going <laughs> to get into some very deep, we're going to go, you know, retread some of that stuff. Man, and there was a lot of Krypton, like there was a lot of Krypton in the universe, like from that explosion, just yeah. man. Yeah. And, and, and then, and then that twist in the beginning when the, with, on his ship. That you know, hitchhiker. That yep. was an interesting. I love that. I yeah. like that for some reason. When it just the, the, I'm like, I was literally when it happened. I was like, there, that moment. That's yeah. when in a new universe was born. Hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, just 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 a slight deviation, right? That's all it takes. <laughs> slight deviation. But yeah, he um. Like I said, Clark is able to fall in love and have a kid. The kid is John Kent, Jonathan Kent, named after um. Uh, Jonathan Kent is his adopted father. <laughs> uh, but we see in present day that that John Kent is tasked to write an article about his reporter parents. And he's unbelievably bored by this whole thing. Uh, his mother does her, his mother Lois does her best to show the positive effects of journalism. John's unfazed because he's a kid. Uh, she takes off to pick up John's birthday cake. And while she's gone, he searches his parents' room for potential birthday presents. Uh, he finds one, but hears his father arriving, so he rushes to his room. Clark bores his son about ants before they help each other out with some chores around the family barn, but not without some horseplay. The two share a tender moment when John confesses that he misses his dad at home, and Clark tells him that certain jobs require sacrifice, clearly hinting at his other job as Superman. Wink, wink, what, nudge, nudge. What do you think about, about this whole thing where, where John's like, I want you around more, and he's like, well, I kind of can't. I love this this story of Superman. He you can it's easy to write a story by him saving someone or fighting some villain toe to toe to meet him brute strength, you know, or some obstacle. But really great storytelling for one of the power, most powerful men in the universe is setting him in a family setting and watching him go through the motions as us regular people and see how he goes about it. I love seeing Kal El as a father and handling the balancing the responsibilities of fatherhood and the responsibility of safeguarding the planet. And and for the most part, he, I, he his son, you know, as all kids do, their parents are not around, so they have to like 
okay, it's understanding, but they get to that point where it's like, okay, enough's enough. Wow, <laughs> right. wow for real. That can't be that important. Da 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 da. And and you also see how the closer you are to Superman, the harder it is to hold that secret back. Right? Because he can't he really can't I I, I tell this story all the time. When I first found Superman, as we all do, I thought he was kind of one note. I thought he was kind of uh, like a Boy Scout. I thought he was kind of boring. I thought he was kind of um, milk toast or vanilla. And um, w- doing more research, reading more comics, and even, like I said, I think one of the best modern portrayals is Superman and Lois. I realized this is a man that can't have dinner with his wife because if he has dinner with his wife for too long, people die. Yep. This is a man... This is a man who every decision he makes can't be selfish because, like I said, if he decides, oh, I'm just going to sleep through that hurricane, right? Like, it's not my, how am I supposed to save everyone all the time? Like, I'm just going to sleep through that hurricane. And then those people die. And then people are like, well, we're Superman, you know? <laughs> Literally, I've seen in Invincible when Omni Man was having dinner with his wife and a dragon was just attacking Chinatown. He was yeah. like, oh, wait. No, the heroes will get it. Like, what? Yeah. Omni-Man! <laughs> uh, 100%. And, at, and in many ways, and in many in many iterations of this character, Superman is the only superhero until others start coming out of the light. And Ash, so, yeah. I always found it incredibly compelling that he, he chooses to live a double life because he w- loves humanity. He was born a human. You know, he was born on Earth. He was born a human. He could be the god that just flies over us all the time, judging us and making sure that we know where we're crossing the street. But he wants to live among us. He'd rather have the farm, go to the baseball games, and do those things. And so if he wants to keep those things intact, he has to constantly be out elsewhere, saving you know people, stopping bank robberies, criminals, things falling out of the sky, which we'll get to in a second. And that pull, that, that tug of war, it can't be easy. It can't be. And that's what, honestly, that's what makes Superman, those those things right there is what makes the greatest Superman stories. When he has yeah. to balance his life between being a hero or being a father or like a partner, you know, balancing yeah. his relationships. And in, one, in, this, in his lecture that he had about ants, <laughs> Jonathan, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I don't know why I enjoyed that so much. It must be the nerd in me. But I love how, it, you know, it came up again later in the movie, basically. <laughs> totally. Yeah, totally. So there's the whole thing about, you know, journalists attacking things at different angles. Yeah, oh, yeah. Back, that, comes back, that, comes back, that comes back around, too. Um, he promises to be at John's game the next day, which is movie speak for he won't. Uh, but when he sees the Justice League watchtower falling out of the sky, he makes up an excuse as Clark. And as Superman, he eases the momentum of it and repairs the home base. According to Green Arrow, who was aboard it, they collided with something in space, but he's okay. Superman tasks Ollie to contact Batman but he's attacked by an unseen assailant. Boom, boom, boom. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> the next day, Jonathan Kent plays baseball and is upset when he realizes his father isn't in the stands. This affects his performance, and he strikes out. Lois, try- Lois tries to encourage... I think they're calling him Jonathan Kent. Yeah, they can't. That's, that's I was like, oh, I like that. That's jacked up. <laughs> Kids are mean. Kids are like, cruel. Kids are, kids are assholes no matter what decade or century. Yep, 100% Jonathan can't. That's so jacked up. Um, I say he's jacked up, but now I'm over here laughing. Because like we're laughing. <laughs> <laughs> they, can, they, go, they go home. 
<laughs> they go home, and when Clark arrives, he tries to smooth things over. But John accuses him of thinking of his, thinking his job is more important than his son. That hurt a little bit. Because you don't know. You put him on front street, though. He put him on front street. Like, what is it? What is it? And you're either going to tell the truth in that or you're going to BS, you know? And it felt like he was doing a little bit more BSing and John had it because when Clark enters his room, he just escapes and he just starts running. Um, And suddenly he develops his heat vision. Uh, Terrified of his new powers, he hides in the barn until his dad reveals his biggest secret. He's Superman. Very wholesome moment. Like, trust me, I can Love I can relate. Love yeah, it. I that it, as a kid, I'm pretty sure everyone can relate to some degree. If when you were a child, you wish your parent was like super cool secretly, like you wish they did something super cool. It wasn't just mundane. They didn't just do a nine to five, or you didn't have a parent. You wish like your parent was out there saving the world or something, you know. And this, this, his, his for his birthday. His dad told him that he was Superman. What kind of gift? Who who could top that? What can be topped after that? Jesus no, coming I'm, back. I'm you like I don't know. <laughs> and he does it. He does it. You know, floating above. He does it with the entire suit. Like he really tried his best to, um, like, so that his son couldn't be like, "Oh no, you're lying. That's BS or whatever." It's like, no, yeah, look, I'm Superman. It's me. And I appreciate uh, Travis uh, Willingham, the voice actor for Superman. He yes. He brought the gravitas of Superman. He really brought that um, wholesome, fatherly warmth of the character. You know, like he can still put you on the dirt, but he can still like lift you out the dirt if he can scrape you off, wash you off, <laughs> and send you off. You know? Right, right, right. No, 100%. And he does have a commanding voice, as I believe all Superman should. You know, I think that oh, that's yeah. good. And I really wanted, you know, I think the kid voice actors on this did a tremendous job as well. Oh, yes. Jack and uh, who else? It was Jack and who? The, the who first name that? I wrote. Um, so I just had it. Where was it? That was Jack. Dan Frazier. He was Superboy. Who was also, he was in Shazam. I yes. remember that. Yes. And then ja- Jack Griffo. Yes. Jack Griffo. Yes. Do you there see anything? Is. Do you do you recognize any at all? Do you see? Uh, he's been in a couple projects. Uh, he's voiced uh, Robin in a couple things, actually, I think, if I'm not mistaken. I know a couple of these voice actors have been a lot of DC uh, projects in general, especially uh, uh, who uh, voiced Batman, Troy Baker. He's been in a lot of the animated uh, films voicing Batman when Kevin Conroy couldn't show up, unfortunately, like in most ah, recent years. Like, uh, yeah. But, um, in general, I love the voice acting from both Damien. Or oh, before we get to Damien, I love uh, tr- like Jack as Superboy. It, he fit the wholesomeness of the character because he himself was wholesome in Shazam. So it just kind of fit that he would voice act the character, and he did kind of look like him too. It was kind of weird with the like the <laughs> kind of like bedhead look. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, the 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 Superboy in. The comics is relatively younger than Damien. Um, so he's written to be a bit more, how do I say, uh, younger in general. Like he's just a bit more um, naive. He's a bit more gullible. I'll say bright eyed and bushy tailed. 100%. You know, yeah, gullible. You know, where, where this one has a little bit of an edge to him. This one has a little bit of an attitude, has a little bit of an edge. So I thought that was interesting as well. Um, but. 
which is good, you know, like in the race as an American, you should have an edge. <laughs> yeah, yes, yes. Uh, to so, some degree. Uh, so the, uh, Lois asks about John's other powers, and Superman says he will get him checked out. With his son at his back, Superman goes for a joyride flying through the clouds with John. John comes to the grips that he's half alien and that his dad is the greatest superhero in the world besides Batman. <laughs> uh, Clark explains that his real job is saving the world and warns him that the job is dangerous and not glamorous. They head over to Gotham just in time to see Batman take on the Penguin and some goons. John and Clark watch on as Penguin is thrown over a building but ultimately saved by Batman. John fanboys over the Dark Knight and is brought into the Batcave where he meets Damien's son. Oh, sorry, Batman's son, Damien Wayne, aka Robin, who doesn't seem to take to the farm boy too much. Uh, what do you think about this introduction of these two? I, <laughs> their interactions, uh, it screamed echoes of the past between their fathers. Just oh, Boy Scout, dark and broody, evil boy. They just. You know, they, they want to be friends, but they secretly they secretly want to be friends, but they don't want to be friends. You know, I felt that vibe instantly from them. And then, and then something happened that I I didn't want to happen, but it happened. Just with him pushing them off the... Off the oh, yes. Yes, that was very funny. Like, are you really Kryptonian? Just to see No, 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 I was that. And they... Um, you know, uh, I love Damien's Dragon Ball Z hair. I love his little... Oh, the spikes, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was getting major Vegeta vibes, bro. I was getting major, major. Vegeta vibes from him. Also, I love this costume design. I love both of the Sun's costume designs. It's, it's I love... Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's... I love the the like the like t-shirt with the cape thing that that um, that um John's rocking. And I always loved the hoodie for Robin. I always oh, thought that was yeah. such a cool... You know, and that's part of his A League of Assassins sort of you know, background there. So I, I've always kind of dug that. And he brings up many times that he is an assassin, that he was, you know, um, that he's killed more people than you have met. <laughs> and that he has been trained by Ra's al Ghul. That's his grandpa. Like, that's somebody he hung out with, you know? So, like, incredibly dangerous little kid here. Um, uh, which will come up again later in school. Yes, it will. <laughs> they they analyze John's physiology. Well, it comes up right now because they analyze John's physiology, but can't determine w whether or not he will exhibit any more powers. To test if stress would unlock more powers, Damien almost kills him. <laughs> he <laughs> throws him off, off the thing, and he gets reprimanded for it. So already kind of shown up front that um, you know, Damien. Uh, it's like Damien is like all the parts of Bruce that he can't act on, that he wish he could act on, but it just got born into Damien. Right. <laughs> like, like right. he wants to do like things like that, but he can't. So he has to do the logical, responsible, reasonable thing to test for powers instead of just push. <laughs> right, and in the comics, it's because Damien's older. So Damien be like, hey, come over here, you know, and then do some <laughs> reckless shit. Uh, so I've always loved that about those two characters. You know, they've, um, yeah, they've always been great in that sense. But um, when, oh, I already, we already did that. He got reprimanded. Superman asks Batman if he's heard from Green Arrow about the Watchtower incident, and he says he hasn't. John walks up on Damien, who's called Wonder Girl, who knows of the Watchtower situation, and she tells them that, uh, they don't want him on the Teen Titans. And he isn't permitted to investigate the situation with them. Uh, Damien acts like he don't care. And we meet Bat Cow, which is canonical. Bat Cow is a thing. 
Um, John explains that the cow may need milking, uh, but Damien is over being told what to do, and he just kind of flips out on John and walks away. Right. What do you think about not being led into the Teen Titans? Uh, accurate, considering how he is, but he'll grow into that. Uh, the the bat cow thing kind of threw me. I was like, um, why is there a cow <laughs> in the? So as with that, I'm like, let me go, let me go read some things, and then lo and behold, I'm like, ah, oh, did you actually find cow. the bat cow? That's how that is. Cow. So I'm like, okay, the bat cow. That's the bat cow is part of the family. Because comics. All right, moving on. <laughs> exactly. But I love Bat Cow. But it was, it was Damien's comment, and I think it's because he was so through with the Titans. Like, I mean, he, when he said, "I'm not gonna have some hick tell me how to take <laughs> yes. care of my cow," I'm like, "That's the one person you should have help you take care of your cow." Like, a hundred percent. But he's he's a jerk. He got it from his dad. <laughs> That's just what they do. Um. Hold on, I'm trying to take. But, uh, a... I've, uh, I'm starting to love. I was loving their budding relationship that was starting to grow just from their small interactions. With like how, like you know, he John saw how down like, he was, like how Damien was from that. And, you know, he just wanted to help him. You know, like hey, your cat, your cow needs some milk, and you, you know, I, I can help you with this. I can help you with. Yeah. I can help you with the Titans thing. But I can help you with this. <laughs> I just I just sent you a picture of one of my favorite panels of uh Superboy and it's when he is kind of just in marvel of his dad being Superman. Look at that uh, face. Look at that. That uh, is the most wholesome uh, image of all time. Like that's yeah, how, and, his eye, everything. <laughs> and and sometimes we see our family as that. We see our family as superheroes, you know, and that's that's John Kent. Like he was so innocent. So I love the the stuff here. I love um his portrayal here. Batman communicates with Green Arrow, but something seems off. And I love that as he's talking, I'm like, something's off. And then when they turn off the camera, they both look at each other like, yeah, something's off. Yeah, something's off. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, good. You should be as smart as me watching it. If I'm watching it and I'm like, that feels weird. You should be that. You should be on that tip too. So I'm glad that they were. Um, they decide they're going to investigate. Clark brings John home and gives him a gift. Later, Lois tells him that something weird is going on because in Central and South America, all crime has seemingly stopped. While they may seem like good news, the sudden change in all human behavior, kind of suspicious. A little bit. A little bit. bit. (laughs) Batman heads to the Watchtower with Superman in tow, and it is unbelievably quiet. Using his x-ray vision, Superman surveys the scene, but not before Martian Manhunter confronts them and a Starro leaps from his alien mouth. Listen, listen. <laughs> Starro was always terrifying. I always thought yeah. he, the idea of him was crazy. Uh, the whole face hugger thing. I got to see if he predates the actual Xenomorph face hugger. The Borg, Chitari, face huggers, a- any hive minded yeah. face Paris Uni- Unity from Rick and Morty. <laughs> Unity, the 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 Glorzol. Glory yeah, yeah. the Glorzol. <laughs> hey, the same thing. Yeah, Glorzol. Oh, I can't believe like, he made that song. <laughs> I still can't believe he made that. It's like <laughs> it's a glory. It's like, glory I'm against any high mind parasitic species, and Starro is right up there for me. I the yes. horror aspect was not expecting it at all in this entire animated film i was like i thought this was for kids i mean some kids but i mean hey (laughs) but damn (laughs) i wasn't ready (laughs) my my biggest um 
my biggest like uh the first thing that had jumped into my mind is that like i just said has always been terrifying made even more terrifying when you saw him in live action in the suicide squad which was that was james gunn's pull he wanted starro he picked starro and he got that on there you know all that's ridiculous but it's ridiculous enough it's ridiculous enough what this damn animated thing does is allow the starros to live inside of people and then forcibly come up out of their gullets out of their mouths and attack and that i've never seen before i've only ever yes. seen the oh you're clearly been taken over by starro because he's on your face <laughs> there's no other <laughs> i can see that but, he's been taken but, over but in this they have a way to be stealth and actually go inside the gullets of humans and uh yeah whole Man. new terrifying change for the character that that oh my goodness if they make another suicide squad or another dc movie with him in it hey that could be that could that could sell because that would be terrifying on live live action you just oh hi how are you doing and then there's yeah. glory to starro <laughs> glory <laughs> to starro yeah yeah <laughs> so i was like i i, I had thought i had thought they couldn't do anything else add anything else to starro to make him terrifying but no yeah they are pretty good pretty good at uh doing so um back in smallville john tries his new present a pair of glasses uh like his father so i guess he's doing the whole um you know trying Secret identities to... yeah i guess getting him ready for that yeah i mean yeah i mean i, mean, I would honestly it'd be kind of weird if you didn't let your kryptonian son be a hero too that that's kind of like if i i don't know if you created perpetual energy and you didn't tell the world about it when you know the world has an energy crisis yeah, kind yeah. of a dick yeah, <laughs> just, just, just a little bit um i love how this bully is like not getting anything melvin? right yeah melvin's not getting anything right like he's trying to insult him but he's insulting his friends and he's trying to bring up stuff but it th- th- doesn't mean anything to what's going on um but yeah, he shoved- basically bullies and trolls today this is true <laughs> he shoves the bully back and kind of confirms a bit of his super strength he doesn't kill the kid so he doesn't have clarks yet but he does knock him uh, pretty far away he shoved him a solid 10 yards like from that camera angle i was like hmm. right some distance good thing he landed in that soft grass <laughs> damien who doesn't care at all that he wasn't allowed the teen titans is sitting in a chair talking about how he doesn't care at all that he does not allow him to the teen titans and his father walks up on him and a star was on his hand and before it can attack him my boy because my boy don't play that damien just cuts that thing in half and it's like what's going on and like what's up father and this is when you get some of that horror like his fingers and arms and 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 uh hands like, start to contort contort twist and convulse and i i i thought batman was dying i i was so afraid i i once again that twist wasn't ready for the starro uh, dead space god yeah. xenof oh my god yeah <laughs> terrifying bro absolutely terrifying um and so he Finds out that his dad's under control of Starro. He attacks his own son, Batman does, who manages to evade his attacks, but ultimately gets thrown off the edge of the Batcave. Just, just thrown off. Just yeah. like, <laughs> takes him and throws his ass off. And I'm like, oh my God. Um, we see that Starro has infected majority of Earth's heroes, including Batman and Superman, and the alien is hell bent on world domination. 
Damien manages to use his grappling hook to avoid death and realizes that the only other person that can help him fight Starro is Jonathan Kent. And he's like, damn it. <laughs> Golly, I gotta hang out with the, with the farm boy. Oh, I gotta recruit the nerd. Ugh. He's over it. Speaking of which, Superboy gets in trouble for fighting with bullies and bumps into Damien in the hallway. Damien uh, debriefs Kent, but they are... Uh, interrupted by the same buddy from earlier so my boy damien hits him with a paralyzing blow <laughs> just one touch just yeet and he just out and hold on can we talk about this trope how come when john got punched he got in trouble and got sent to the principal to count yeah, yeah i was yeah. like and, and i sat there i'm like wait did he did to the, put his hands on the first time. No, no, wait. Melvin did because he did try to walk off and he put his hand on his shoulder and told him, like, no, John, I'm yeah. still one of the toss. I'm like, but so how did John get into I'm like, so American school system still yes. at it, it's still accurate. Well, I'm, I was violently rolling my eyes when he's like, well, you know, the bullies are the ones that need the most care. I'm like, he hit me. He physically assaulted me. You're telling me when he does that, I have to hug him? What are you, what are, what are you suggesting <laughs> like, happens? In if, you, if you sit down and sympathize them, understand them, they can be your lifelong friend. I'm like, no, they won't. It's like, what? Melvin, I can see you're viciously punching me in the face, but do you want to think about why you're punching me in the face? You want to say, I know. Why that's happening? Ridiculous. Melvin needs um, counseling just like everyone else. And therapy. I'm glad, I'm glad he got <laughs> paralyzed, seemingly. <laughs> And for like a week or something? That's yep. it. A week. A week. Thanks, Ross El Ghoul. <laughs> Suddenly, Lois Lane appears and she's acting a bit strange. So I love that Damien's like, yeah, she's been got. And uh, Josh's like, no, she hasn't. That's my mom. And then she says something. He's like, yeah, she got got. <laughs> and got, got, got. And she, <laughs> she got got. Um, so she raises up the kids. The kids... I, Damien straight up throws smoke bombs in the face. Like, Damien don't give a damn. He throwing smoke bombs in the face. They get into, like, the bat plane. They take off. Lois jumps on top of the ship. Damien's like, just shoot her in the face. And he's like, that's my mom. <laughs> I'm not going to kill my mom. I'm I like, was on the same page. I was like, dude, just shoot her. And then, like, then yeah. I was like, wait a minute. Oh, and he's like, go to the ocean. I'm like, wait, don't shoot her. She's on the ocean. <laughs> yeah, 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 100%. Uh, but he does able he does is able to uh, shoot Starro who's on her face, um, and she falls into the water below. When she resurfaces, Starro, the Starro that was within her, dies. So she's seemingly free from his control. Which made me raise the question: Do each host have two? Like, is this one in them, like a baby, oh, one, right, like a right, face right. hugger, and then there's just the actual one? And then once that one dies, another places it. That would be the best way to then, infect, right? And it just like you know, it just have one, one on your face and one inside of you. Yeah, to, to affect someone else. Like, just, uh, uh, just the images uh, of that is ugh, none of that is. I don't like <laughs> any of that. Yuck. And Yuck. I kind of and another question. I don't know if I can ask this now or later, but like, when yeah. did he? When did the invasion begin? Like it was so off screen that Star began. Oh, well, they basically say it started from the Watchtower thing, that that's when it all started. I don't know. Oh, yeah, there it is. Okay. I, I don't yeah, know how many landed, but you're right. It doesn't take them long to, to integrate into society. Right, because I'm like, how could how come no one knew? But like we just said, they went inside their bodies, and they yeah. just acted I mean, like even humans. With, <laughs> even, with, even with the Suicide Squad, we saw how quickly he was able to almost con con control an entire country. Sent a bunch of spores out, and they took control real quick. Oh, um, Starro's a whole issue, man. Yes. Just, oh. 
Damien takes John to the Fortress of Solitude so they can examine a piece of Starro that Damien acquired, and we uh, get to see that John's super strength has fully come in. Um, that's a, that's canon that there's a key to the Fortress of Solitude that's only that only Superman can lift, or it's only super people can lift. I think Supergirl can do it as well. Uh, yeah. So that's interesting that they included that in that as well. I love that detail. I love that. My girlfriend was having a whole conniption about it because she has the Superman like uh, yeah. encyclopedia that I've got her. Yeah, and yeah, she yeah. She was like, oh, he can't lift that. He's not fully grown. And I was like, um, he's Kryptonian, so he can. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're going with the Gohan story they should have went with, which is that right. humanity made him stronger in a way. Um, but yeah, I totally get it. Um, also, meet- I love... Oh, I'm sorry. Like, I loved how um, that sound effect of each time he unlocks another layer of his powers, like that whining yeah. sound. Yeah. Very different from, like, you know, how from X-Men, Umbrella Academy, like, uh, I don't know, Invincible. Uh, just, I like that. And I wonder if that's just, like, a Kryptonian thing or just did it. Was that, like, a sound effect just for, for us as the audience letting us know, like, hey, he's unlocking the power, but what is it going to be? Wait a few seconds to find out, you know? Well, like you said, I think that the sound design on this is amazing. The hearing, the crackling of the bones and the these these starfish come out of people's throats, you can hear how disgusting that would sound. And it's oh, all yeah. right sound then and there. So this time around, yeah. Um, they meet Crypto the Super Dog. Um, and who I thought Crypto was going to like walk up to John Smellum and be like, oh, okay. Same. And th- this was another twist for me because I thought about, you know, he doesn't he smell like half a cow? Don't you smell? Right. You see the S? Crypto, what are you doing? Bad dog. Bad. Right. <laughs> He's seemingly the guard dog for the fortress. So he tries to take them down. Uh, in an effort to get away, John finds out that he can leap large distances. And the two eventually um, find the monument to Superman's Kryptonian parents. Suddenly, the hologram of Jor-El tells Crypto to heal, explains that, that uh, Jonathan is uh, Kal-El's son, and explains the House of El to Jonathan. So Damien asks him to analyze the Starro fragment. John's grandfather explains the parasitic nature of Starro and its hive mind, which makes John remember his dad's story about ants. They have to find the Queen Starro to destroy the hive mind. Using his mom's reporting tips, they figure out that the hive mind is probably what collided with the watchtower, which means only one thing. They have to go to space. They got to go to space. I thought Uh. this could have been just this. I love this little B plot where Lois now has her own body. So she goes into the Daily Planet like, all right, who's who? I don't trust nobody. Uh, (laughs) We get our second black Jimmy Olsen. Loving this. He was black in, um, in Supergirl. James Olsen in Supergirl, because <laughs> you ain't calling that man Jimmy. He was like six four. So uh, <laughs> we get uh, yeah, and and when she realizes that Jimmy hasn't been compromised, she explains what's been going on. She uh, he helps her realize that if she wants to warn all of Earth, she needs to have presidential levels of reach. Uh, the Super Sons board Cal L's old ship and head into space. Once at the Watchtower, they are confronted by multiple compromised heroes. Lois begs the president to warn the people of Starro's attack, and it is revealed, dun, 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 that the president is Lex Luthor. Lex Luthor as Prez, and man, that, another twist. What a twist! And, uh, and, and she, he basically gives her the uh, girlfriend line of, I just think it's funny that... <laughs> <laughs> He's like, yo, not for nothing. I just think it's funny that y'all always be like, I'm paranoid that an alien threat's gonna come down here and destroy Earth. 
and now you want me to tell everybody that there's an alien threat here and it's trying to destroy Earth. And, you know, he's, he's like living on that for a minute. She's like, come on, get to it. Can we, are you going to do it? And he's like, I will, but you got to apologize in the newspaper for me. Um, and for all the bad things you said about me. And I'm like, yeah, that's, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> on the Watchtower, the compromised heroes bring the kids to the, what are you, Starro Prime. Yeah. Uh, who has claimed that under their control, there is no violence. But there's no violence because there is no free will. Starro's plan is to do this on planet after planet and eventually control the whole universe. In order to take out the Super Sons, Starro sends the heroes against them, and my boy John takes an arrow for Damien. But we see he's impenetrable. But he took that arrow, bro, before he knew he was impenetrable. Facts. I, I hey, he, I had no words. I was like, that, yeah. that man is Superman's son. He, and even Damien was like, damn, like, I think I started, I just started to like him. <laughs> Working together, they fight off their attackers, and we see that we see Lex warn the Earth about Starro's threat, but not re- before it is revealed dun, 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 that he has been compromised himself. Another twist. I was I, like, what? "What?" They got to the president. <laughs> I, I was, I was so thrown. Like, How did Lex get got? Yeah. What? They got <laughs> all the way to the president, um, and so he's like, "Yo." Don't fight it. This is great. Everybody, everybody, if you see a star roll, put it on your face. This is, this is what, this is what's high and popping. Uh, so he tries to urge people not to fight it. Um, and let Earth take over. So Lois uses this opportunity to set Lex's face on fire. <laughs> I'm like, she don't even care about the man underneath anymore. She's like, but I feel like she wants to do that since 1977. <laughs> yes, yes, she does. Yes, she has. <laughs> and then she uses the broadcast to tell Jonathan that he can hurt it. Ending with burn that son of a and then and then the whole thing cuts off and I'm like, damn Lois. But Lois has always been a bit of a firecracker, so that makes sense. Um they get away from their attacker, um uh the Super Sons, but ultimately come face to face with Starro controlled versions of Batman and Superman. They are forced to fight their fathers, but realize they might have a better chance if they fought each other's fathers instead. Using his father's kryptonite ring, Damien knocks out Superman, and using his own super strength, John uppercuts Batman, knocking him out. So they just knocked out um, their fathers. I think uh, they lived their own little fantasy there, knocking, knocking, knocking out these people. Um, are you aware of the the lore behind One Punch and Batman? Uh, I feel like I do, but refresh my memory so to make sure I'm like... I'm here with you. <laughs> if I'm not, so I believe there was just like a, a an argument. There was an argument between Guy Gardner and Batman. And oh, yep, okay, yep, yeah. yep, I do, I know. In it, Batman like, just punch, yeah. yeah, yeah. Batman hits him, and it, and and then I think yeah, somebody else who's there is like, oh my, bro, one punch, one punch. And since that's happened, it's happened multiple other times in the DC universe. Eventually, I think Hal punches Batman out one punch because of the punch for guy gardner like they they find a way to get that back you know and so when he punched out batman he said the one punch thing i was like wow it's really one punch. it's really coming right you're like i'm done one punch i was like wow one punch. right Just yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's all come full circle buddy oh that was great that was a great moment like hey not that many people can say they knocked out batman in one punch yeah he's gonna keep <laughs> that in his pocket you know uh 
Starro Prime looks crazy. He has all these like spikes and rocks, and he's freaking huge. Very much an interesting design for Starro. Probably the most menacing version of him I've ever seen. He's always I, I so agree. like just a cycloptic version of Patrick. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. This way, he's just terrifying. That's hilarious. <laughs> just a big ass Patrick Star in shorts attacking the universe. Uh, but Starro Prime warns it's too late, and John T's vision doesn't seem to affect him. They send all the heroes back to Earth and decide that they're going to drop the Watchtower out of the sky, hopefully killing Starro as well. Starro Prime grabs hold of Damien, and John uses his heat vision to no avail. The Watchtower begins to fall out of the sky, burning up as it descends. As soon as it starts to burn up, I was like, yeah, smart as hell. This is smart as hell. I was like, I didn't even think about this. This is bad smart. All right. <laughs> Uh, the sudden heat starts to affect Megastaro. I thought it killed him. We see it affect the hive mind because they just start dropping off of people's face. And the hive mind dies by the eye exploding, which again, horrifying. And then it falls off people's faces. So you're just seeing like pop, pop. And I'm like, this is, you couldn't do this in live action. This is <laughs> a lot. There's a lot right now. Um, Batman saves Superman, and they see the falling watchtower crashing to Earth. Starro is killed by flaming debris and tossed into space, we think, as the boys marvel over their fates. They seem they seem like they destined to die when this ship crashes, and they fist bump like, bro, it's gonna be what it is. And I'm like, damn, that's dark as hell. <laughs> I was like, how dark is that? That's dark as hell. I could not place where this the rating for this movie was on with all these dark moments. And it's like, was this for younger adults or for kids or for adults? Like, who was this for? Yeah, like I guess if we're gonna die, we're gonna die together, bro. We ride together, we die together. Bad boys for life or whatever. <laughs> super, super sons for life. Super sons for life. <laughs> yeah, super sons for life, man. And they fist bump. And then Superman's like, yo, y'all ain't dying on my watch. Uh so Superman eases the tower's descent to earth, you know, slows it down. The fathers embrace their sons and tell them that they're proud of them. But boom, boom, boom! Star Mega Prime, Starro Prime shows back up, burnt, scarred, covered in debris, and is like, "You can't stop me! I've lived for millions of years." And um, the combined efforts of Superman, Batman, Robin, and Superboy take down this monster alien once and for all. When John Kent bats him into space, <laughs> <laughs> I see what you did there. And yeah, it all came back around in like a cute little package. It all came back around, and I was like, "That's super cool." Right. Uh, he finally hit a homer <laughs> with his dad there, dad in attendance, and Batman, who he's his fanboy over. So that makes a lot of sense too. <laughs> the Teen Titans vote again, apparently, and this time they offer Damien a role on the Titans, but he puts them on hold. And why? And when he said it, I almost shed a tear. He goes, "I, I got, I'm, I'm busy. I got plans." Cause so he's about to go see John play baseball. This boy, and I was like, "That's super wholesome and cool." We right, see, like, we, yeah, <laughs> it's like I never seen a baseball game before. We're heading to go. See well, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna watch my boy play. Like, hold on, I'm gonna, this is your way. I'm gonna watch my boy play the game real quick. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm gonna put pause on the super teams invite to go see the dude that me and him done saved this whole universe. I'm gonna go watch him play ball. We see the bully uh, going back at John again, and uh, Damien just does his uh, touch again and paralyzes the bully again. <laughs> And he dresses smooth for little kid. Damien right? Hey, as he should be. The son of Bruce Wayne. The son of hey, a billionaire. Yeah. Back. yeah. Armani Versace suit. Yeah. earpiece. Yeah, that's that's Bruce kid. <laughs> that, yeah, that sounds about right. That sounds about right. 
And uh, we look in the stands, and in the stands are both John's parents, Bruce and Damien, uh, rooting him on. And with his family and friends backing him, John can do no wrong. Um, later, Damien, later on top of a, of a water tower, Smallville's water tower, Damien coins the name Super Sons. And John asks, what's next for them? And Damien punches him off of the, <laughs> 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 off of the water. No. My girlfriend said, like, I didn't want it to happen, but she caught it and it happened. I'm like, no. And then I was like, wow. And then like a relationship. And like the boys. Cool. Like the boys when he tried to see if uh, his son could fly and he just tosses him over the roof. Uh, <laughs> this, is, this is very similar to that. And that's what he says. He goes, up, oh, still still can't fly. Still so, can't fly. <laughs> I want to see a series of films with these two in them. I want no, more of same. this. I need DC more. Needs of this wholesome level, man. DC needs this, and until they get their Superman right, maybe Superboy can be the one to save us all and save the entire universe. So fingers you know, crossed here's, on all of that. Here's hoping for that in Man of Steel too. If we don't, I, I, I Superboy seems like a far off stretch, but at least Supergirl, maybe just or Superman. Man of Steel has been on Earth for how long? Catmus has been around. They had to clone him or something. Him and Lois have bumped uglies. Give us John. Come on. Give us live action, Jonathan Kent. <laughs> I think that you know we did see Superman get into that that uh, bathtub with his clothes on, and BVS with Lois. <laughs> so so who knows? Maybe they maybe they have been working on a little John. Um, but yeah, we'll have to tune in to see in the future. If you guys dug this film at all, I implore you to read the first volume of Superman Rebirth. It is a beautiful retelling of this. Beautiful. John is way younger, um, learns his powers, meets Damien. Same thing. I think. I think the um, Damien is led on the Titans, but they don't let John because he's too young. Um, and uh, that that causes Damien to be like, "Nah, then we we ain't doing it." Then you know what I'm saying? Like so. Yeah. Like I, I I love these two together. I own like I said a statue with with um uh. I call him Bat Dad because he's there <laughs> with all with with Barbara and with uh, Tim and with why am I spacing now? Obviously, Damien, Jason, and Dick, and like I love Bat Dad. That's my favorite version of Batman. Is a Batman that can um, spread his expertise and why he's doing this and inspire others to do it. And it's the same thing with Superman. So. I hope eventually we get to see these versions in live action. I think I think it'd be super cool. But I think they're playing around with a lot of these ideas, at least with Jonathan Kent in Superman and Lois, where you're seeing him. I think he's meant Definitely. to possibly take over in the spotlight when it comes to that. And they need to introduce the, the parentage first and foremost so that you can get the Superboy that we all know and love. But, yeah, this was a terrific... Um, Another terrific thing. We needed these two good back to back. The holiday special in this, you know. I need. I needed some some genuinely good stuff. Uh, we know we got some very heartbreaking stuff coming up soon with whatever happens to Ant Man and Quantumania. I've heard some rumors about that, bro. And it's looking pretty dire for the guys there. The Guardians of the Galaxy trailer is seemingly showing some heartbreak in that. So who knows what's gonna happen with that? But it's still good times rolling over here on the Major Issues podcast, which you can find yes, every. Find every single episode of the Major Issues Podcast at comicbookclick.com. It's the one stop for everything Comic Book Click. Um, if you hit that Shop CBC link, you can get to our merchandise page where you can buy some exclusive merchandise designed by me. We get a kickback of every single purchase made, and it helps us afford the hardware and the software we need to go into the future. Um, 
We're at Facebook.com slash comic book click, Instagram at comic book click, and we, you can use the hashtag comic book click to talk about the newest, hottest, latest, and greatest things to come to comic books and comic book media. We're on the march to 10,000 followers on Facebook, and I really think that we can do it. And once we do, we, we're, we're looking to do more interactive stuff with you guys, with the fan base, possibly more live videos, possibly more, um, you know, Q and A's and just kind of BSing with you guys because you guys are as part of the conversation as we are. Um, major issues has over 250 episodes. So not only are they on the, on comicbookclick.com, but if you already have a podcast app that you already listen to everything to, check us out on there because we are on every single podcast app available. Podcast, Attic, Podbean, Stitcher, SoundCloud, um, Audible. We're on Audible. Uh, but the quickest way, quickest way, and if you're ever bored, bro, do this. Google major issues podcast not only is are we the first result not only will we pop right up but there's like five other ways you can listen to this podcast we've gone through great lengths to uh spread our parasitic influence across this (laughs) (laughs) across this uh earth and we are set on world domination so help us get there consider becoming a patreon by going to patreon.com cbc clubhouse and donating as little as 10 cents a day three dollars a month um for exclusive stuff we should be um filming some backstage stuff soon to for our patreons so they can get a bit of extra content because they're helping support us and keep our lights on here so uh it's the best we could do for them majority of what we do here as part of comic book click is free of charge so any way you can help us whether it's buying merchandise becoming a patreon or last but not least rating and reviewing us on itunes so that our podcast gets recommended to more listeners who then could possibly help donate to the patreon or buy more merchandise help our influence grow consider doing all of that stuff that's how we're going to get to um where we're meant to get because i've been to the future where we do become the latest and greatest things to become uh come to comic books and comic book media but if i tell you how we did it i'll mess up the timeline and next thing you know everyone in the justice league gets played by ezra miller and nobody (laughs) wants that absolutely nobody wants that so Make sure you don't mess up the timeline. Get on the bandwagon before the bandwagon gets full. Find us on social media. Find us everywhere we're going. And if you want to watch some pretty stellar video gameplay, where could they find a Rob the Marvel God? They can find me on Twitch at Omega Avenger 26. Again, that name is Omega Avenger 26 at twitch.com, y'all. Check me out. I'm pretty fun. Play GTA. Play Call of Duty. Play all the things. Sometimes Dead by Daylight. I hunt scrubs. One of these days, one of these days, I got to find a way to catch you in the middle of this one of these Call of Duty campaigns and quiz you as you're actively, angrily throwing grenades and shooting people from afar. Oh, God. <laughs> see if you can maintain both sides. Look at Bet. that. See, people, you're, you're hearing the backstage stuff already. Content being produced. <laughs> uh, so um, thank you guys for listening thus far and continue listening thank you, thank to you. us each and every week but without further ado my name is george serrano aka the don and it's been your boy air robinson aka a rob the marvel god and this has been our battle of the super sons recap and review and remember whether you're a super boy a boy wonder or just a boy who loves his dad whether you're an alien a detective or a murderous starfish remember that we are the click but always remember that you Yes, you are worthy. Worthy. <laughs>